1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, service for all brands of print equipment in your office. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Love it, Eddie
0: Better. Welcome back, everybody. 12.35 at Evident. Bob Stoffer, Rogers Place, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, and the Florida Panthers that I've already skirted up. Jack was kind enough to call me during the break. E2. Lost to Rainin'. Her lost tree... or Oh, forget it. All right, we'll continue to work on it. A uh, two Brute? Uh, Eddie Hell. Uh, didn't the Oilers have a, a goaltender number of years ago? Oh, you, yeah. Okay, this is Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you, uh, along with Cody Jansen. And we're going to tell you that guests on the show receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring it out of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Uh, tell Brendan, Chris... And, Taylor, that order has now sent you. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline for GCL Diesel, providing genuine di- diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972, visit gcldiesel.com. I think this guy saw Pearl Jam in it with Eddie Vetter very early, in, just maybe before they had rocked into stardom. We welcome back to the show Louis Debrusque Hi, Louis. How are you doing? Hey
1: doing great. Yes, I did see them when they were first coming up. It was at uh, the Shaw Conference Center, that area there. I don't think it was called that back then. You'd probably know better than I do what it was called then, but it wasn't a big uh, venue. It was great. I think it was around six, 7,000 people and they rocked it. It was great. But as far as number 27 for E2, Luwasta Reynon. Luast- I think That's Lu- what we're going with? Yeah, Luwasta Reynon. That's what. That's what our counterpart... Jack Michaels told me this morning. I thought it was Luasta Lo- Ryan, but we'll make sure we iron that out before we get there because we want to make sure we have the right names. But this is something that you and it's kind of funny. We deal with this on a day to day basis when new players that we haven't seen come in and we have to call their names. We want to make sure we're getting that name correct. And a lot of times we'll go and talk to that player specifically and ask them how they want their name to be said. Uh, an old Bob Cole kind of remedy he made sure he went right to the horse's mouth and he would always say to the player how would your mom and dad say the name because that's the most important that's if that's how they want it said that's how it's going to be said and that's how you would say it on the air and we're always trying to make sure we say it the right way but we don't always say it the right way i'll make sure i put that disclaimer out there we uh we do screw up names on a regular basis but we try not to at least
0: Uh, i used to get called hey you Go grab me a beer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Go get a beer over there right now. But... Uh... Well, yes. You know what, Pearl Jam was awesome, and it was kind of cool to see them on their way up. I, I will say that it was my buddy Scott Palmer that said we got to go see this band that's really making some noise. And I think the following year they were selling out giant stadiums, and they have never looked back.
0: I love that song "Hard Sun" by uh, Eddie Vedder. It was about the yeah. guy that uh, what was his name, Chris McCandless or whatever. The he just yeah, took off and he went into the wild, right? Did you see that? Or was yeah. it Into the Wild yeah. or, or
1: whatever? Yeah, you saw that movie, right? I read the book years ago when I used to read. I don't read anymore. I need to get back at it. Um, work the brain a little bit more. But uh, yeah, you know what? It was. Uh, I guess he did that whole soundtrack in something like 24 hours, two or 48 hours. Come on. He sat in his studio. Yeah, no, honestly, there was a story where it was Sean Penn that was directing that movie. Yeah, um, and in a little while. Yeah, the but, yeah, nonfiction and he, but, and he, yep. This is the movie, and he wanted Eddie Vedder to do the soundtrack obviously he's a friend of his and he said listen i need some some songs for this and he just hashed them out i guess he had a little bit of ideas for some of them but um hard Sun being one of them i think he i think it was a real short period of time that he knocked out some hits which just goes to show you the talent that uh, that he has and that band has and I guess the rest
0: is history well here's the deal Louie you and me both have an appreciation for nature uh, maybe for slightly different reasons into the wild by the way was a 1996 nonfiction book it was John Krakauer that wrote the book uh, it was an extension of a, a piece written by Krakauer death of an innocent yep. on Chris McCandless uh, it appeared in the 1993 issue of outside um, and then the book was uh, ad- adapted into a film, uh, directed by Sean uh, Penn with Emil Hirsch, starring as uh, McCandless. And you know, I, as you know, I worked up north in a lot of summers, and I wanted to get out of there by the third week of August, because you know, university started in September, and uh, and and we would have people that would stay up until like the end of. Uh, Early October, I guess. Uh and then they go to the island and, and go work in reforestation on the island, uh, until all the way until the middle of November and then start again, you know, late January. And it's like, You gotta be kidding me. Who would possibly wanna do that? And you're a you're a hunter, Louis, and so you like so yeah. I, 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 I did I liked that movie, I had an appreciation for it, and I did come across some pretty unique souls that did just literally want to get away from it all, Louis.
1: Yep. No, you know what? It's uh, there's something about being out in nature, and I mean, obviously, um, the character in that book, a real life character, whose dad was actually, I believe, uh, a rocket scientist and worked for NASA. But he, um, you know, he just kind of wanted to be free. He, he, you know, he burned his money, and he just wanted to kind of live every day, every moment, and you know, call it what it was, but uh, obviously got himself into trouble, ate some seeds that weren't planted. He brought seeds to plant, and in the seed form they were poisonous. They ended up dying from that. Um, was very knowledgeable about the terrain and what he could and couldn't eat, but that was one of the things that uh, he just overlooked, and he got into some tough times with the weather. The river was frozen. He couldn't make it out. Had to go back to the bus where he was staying and, and perished out in the wild, but that's you know, I think that's part of the allure. To be honest with you, Bob, about being out in the wild is the fact that you know what you're—you're you're on nature's pace, and anything can happen out there. As a hunter, as an outdoorsman, as a hiker, you know, you go into Banff, into Jasper, anywhere you go, and you're hiking. There's a lot of things that can happen. That there's an element that I think is exciting, but it's also beautiful. It's gorgeous. I mean, you get out there and you see some things that you wouldn't see anywhere else. And I think that's the biggest uh, lure for people to be in the outdoors. But yeah, pretty interesting story, and, and uh, maybe one I'll have to revisit again.
0: You know, Louie, we've talked about this before in reference to you scrapping Sandy McCarthy one time when you were ill. <laughs> uh, speaking of being out in the wild, uh, it, during the 95 Stanley Cup final, which got pushed back that year, remember, that was the lockout year, uh, I was I was foremaning and was flagging a blockout at night on a non-Stanley Cup final <laughs> night, right? <laughs> And I looked I know up, this story. I, I looked up <laughs> and I only came across two Grizzlies the entire time that I was up there. But this one was within, I would say, 50 to 70 yards of me. Okay. And I looked and it was big. It had to have been four to 500 pounds. And I was at least 80 yards from my truck. And... Uh, I hurtled like Ronaldo Skeets Nehemiah to race back <laughs> and, and made it to my truck. And, and right now there's probably, I don't know, 30, 40%. Oh, who am I kidding? 70% of the listeners, I wish that grizzly would have chased you down.
1: Stop. But I turned around and the Grizz never moved. You know what I mean? It never moved. Like well, like, I was like, It was probably the scent trail that was coming from your back end that he didn't really want. You know, he didn't think you were that appetizing. Yeah. Getting well, to the... Getting into the truck that quickly because trust me if he wanted to chase you down you didn't stay It was over it would have been <laughs> over a bear that close to you. Yeah. They can move really fast in short distances. They can truck. But All right. Yeah, you know what? That's uh, that's a scary that's a scary moment. Anytime you see that, I mean <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah. uh, I can see I would probably would have done the same thing, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, you're not supposed to run. All right. All right. Uh, we talked about maybe getting it away from it all. What do you What like get the, the situation? The Oilers, in, they played one game in the last couple of weeks. They were 2-9-2 before playing Ottawa the other night. They tank a 3-1 lead on home ice. Stuart Skinner, who's got the, you know, the, the fans are clearly behind. The fans are behind certain players. They're behind Skinner. They are behind uh, Yesa poole They love Ryan Nugent Hopkins. There's no question about that. Um, but, a, you know, a tough conclusion. And there is no place to hide for the players in this market. And you can speak to that. You played in Tampa and you played in Arizona. How different is it when it's going the proverbial down the crapper, and you're going through a tough stretch where your team's 2-10 and 2 after starting 16 and 5. That's 41 references to 16 and 5. There you go. There you go. So, you know, how, how how challenging is it for the? And you think it's different today, maybe than even when it was back when you played, Lou
1: oh i think it's a lot different today just look at the different platforms that are here now that weren't around back in the 90s when i played for edmonton you know i'll be, I'll be honest with you we would have a couple beat writers sitting in the room with us chatting with us after we were getting our, our equipment off during you know a little break after practice and you'd sit there and do your conversations have one-to-one talks which are non-existent now which i think it make make it that much more difficult to have that communication and that connection but There's just so many more people covering the game now that it's overwhelming. But there's no question it's different being in a Canadian market. But that's also the allure for some players to be in a Canadian market is that energy, is that pressure, is that, you know, the feeling when you're playing well in a Canadian market, I don't think there's a better feeling in the world. And when you're not playing well, there might not be a worse feeling in the world. It really is a roller coaster ride, no question about it. And I think we're seeing that right now with the reactions and, and just the way the players right now just can't wait to get into a game and just start to get into a flow and get into a schedule where they can have something else to talk about other than their record the last little while. And I, and I totally understand that. I've been in a situation many times before with the teams that I played on where we haven't been playing well. And the only way to kind of get yourself out of it is to play games and try and do better. Simple as that. and I, And I think that's kind of where the players are at, which is a really good thing. A lot of times it gets to a point where you can just tell. They're sick of talking about this. They've grinded for a hard week of practice to make sure they're ready for this game tonight. They can't wait to get on the ice and play a game because they're sick of seeing each other on the ice. I know exactly what that feels like. Yeah, you put the work in. Yeah, your battle level's high. You're doing everything for the right reason. But in reality, you just want to get after it. It's about time to play games and just go and do the best you can possibly do. And hopefully create a different narrative than what's been going on here for the last month with only two games played in that period of time. So, um, yeah, I think the players more than anybody right now. I know the fans are excited to see a hockey game. I know us as media, we're super excited to see a game, to be able to have something new and fresh. And there's no question the players more than anybody are ready to suit up and get after it.
0: All right, i got to get to this text. It's, It's making me laugh. It's from Tommy Gunn he says you and louie are talking about getting back to nature i just want to be able to get back to a place where i can walk into a restaurant bar without having to wear a damn mask
1: <laughs> you know what tommy gun i hear you buddy i hear you yeah you know what it's true but you know what that's the one thing we are allowed to still get out in nature so it's been pretty tough this winter with it with, with how cold it's been i'll tell you but uh take advantage of it when it gets a little are, are
0: you allowed to do that in the province of quebec i think they've got everything banned don't they
1: yeah, I'll tell you. There's been there's some heavy restrictions there. I know that it's different everywhere. I'm not I'm not 100% sure to be honest with you, Bob. I know that it's different. I know it's different in Ontario than it is out here in west and Manitoba. Everywhere's got their own little uh, regulations <laughs> well, and rules. And and listen, <laughs> everybody's living in it.
0: Everyone's living. Well, and you know what? We got Florida in town, Louis, and uh, they're they're 21 and three at home. They've yeah. played 24 home games, man. This is the 18th home game for the Oilers. Uh, the Oilers have nine games that have been rescheduled. That got announced, I mean, in theory, and I do think based upon what's happened, because the, the trend has been Britain first, then the United States, then Canada. Um uh, as long as our nanny state allows that to happen. <laughs> and, and, and I, and, and, you know, obviously I'm not the, the biggest four restrictions guy out there. Uh, there are ways we can, uh, you know, maybe look after the elderly and those sort of things now that we've got the majority of the population uh, vaccinated. But I digress here uh, 21 and 3 at home for Florida this year, 5 5 and 5 on the road. Any theories as to why?
1: no to be honest I, I you know what sometimes you look at that and typically you will have a better home record than on the road just because of the last change the comfort factor it's your building there's a pride that comes with that and you look around the league for the league sorry for the most part there will be i mean listen i like playing at home like i when i was a player there's, there was nothing like playing at home. In front of your home crowd, when you're playing well, you're winning, even when you're not. You just knew that when you did good things on the ice, they were going to respond, and that was what what you play the game for. Simple as that. You really do. You play the game, number one, because you love the game. You're an athlete. You're competitive, but you saw what happened last year when you take the fans out of the building. Yeah, the players still played, but it just wasn't the same. I'm sorry. It's just not the same. That's not, that's not why you wanted to be a professional athlete in the first place it's about that environment it's about the show it's about going there and being competitive in front of a packed house that's going to be screaming either for or against you and that's what it's all about uh for florida though i'm not sure i I truly don't know it could be you know for me some teams when they get on the road I, i honestly i can't tell you the reason for it but they do have a 500 record so i mean it's not that bad they have a great home record which is amazing this year for florida But, yes, you know what? They lost a tough one a couple nights ago in in Calgary. They're going to be looking to try and redeem themselves. They will not be an easy team tonight for Edmonton. But I really like what I'm hearing. I know people are going to say, what are you talking about? Well, I kind of like that the players right now are just – they're kind of sick and tired of talking. It's kind of like they want to get at it. They want to get on the ice. They've had tough battle practices. I know what that's all about. Like I said before – you get sick of it pretty old, pretty quickly. It gets old fast. You want to just get on to the next step, which is suiting up, going up against an opponent. And I'm hopeful that Edmonton's going to bring that animosity of the situation into the game and against their next opponent, which is the Florida Panthers tonight, Miko Koskinen. You know what? Listen, it's an opportunity for him, too. And I think that that's been maybe one of the most overlooked things here is he's had a tough year this year, up and down, a lot of criticism here and there, got off to a great start, obviously was getting a lot of run support, but still made the saves when he needed to make the saves. This is an opportunity for him to step in and grab the reins too, just like it was for young Stuart Skinner before, unfortunately, he got COVID. Every time you look at these situations, there's opportunities for guys to come in and do something. And I think that's the way they have to look at it. But I like the demeanor of Miko Koskin right now. We'll see tonight. Obviously he hasn't played in a while, a long time, but I like the fact that he, he stared down the media was back to, I like to call it cyborg like as a goaltender. And he just had that, that, that real kind of, demeanor of saying hey listen I'm here to play I'm here to stop the puck simple as that I'm going to work he sat back he's worked on his game in practices he's watched other goaltenders get in there and play it's his time now and I think for everybody they'd like to see him step in there and get back to form where he's playing his best hockey and if he does that and the players play well in front of him and they've really worked on the defensive structure and battle level in front of their goaltender this week it's a great combination. That's a combination that wins games. All right. Look,
0: uh, Louis, Barkov, uh, Huberto, and, and Eckblad. You know, the Oilers have got McDavid, Settle and Nurse. Uh, Ekblad's having a wonderful offensive season. Obviously, Darnell had a tremendous one last year, still coming off that that busted finger, which I think affected his passing. Uh, so we know about the star power for both teams, but I, I just want to ask you, and I, I am going to ask Bill Zito this when he's on. Carter Verhage, they took a swing on him at 24, and Mason Marchment at 24. Forsling, not in tonight. They pick him up when he's 23. They did their scouting because you know Verhege is a is a big time player for them now. Marchman I don't know if they're going to be able to retain him because there's going to be lots of teams in on him in free agency. Uh, But it speaks to you know maybe you you know a fifth round pick uh, with uh, Forsling a third round pick with the Verhege with the Leafs who took his career to the next level of Tampa Bay and then Marchman an undrafted free agent. These aren't top end guys but somebody did their work on the free agency
1: front in that organization. They've all had success. They've all jumped in and jumped right into the structure and identity of the Florida Panthers, and that's the key. You're right. I think every player they've, they've signed on to come on board has been able to step in and find a role in a very deep team production-wise. You, you know, Florida is one of the best teams production-wise down their lineup, and you know when you look at it, that's – so important we talk about it all the time but it, it's so vital to have that happening and you know they've got 10 players i believe that have 20 or more points they're good that's that's pretty impressive like you know like you you look at that right now at this stage of the season which is you know the halfway point and or approximately there or about and that means you're getting production from all lines. That means you're getting production right down your lineup. And that makes you a tougher team to play against, no question about it. I think for Edmonton, coming into the season, that's what they were looking to try and emulate. They wanted to have that um, production down their lineup. They wanted to be able to suppress players because of the players they brought in. when healthy at the start of the year. I think you could, you could argue that when they got off to a great start, they were getting it. You know, obviously led by McDavid and Drysdale, and an absolute pace that was off the charts but they were getting contributions when they needed from different players. And that's going to have to happen again in the second half of the season for Edmonton to be successful. But yeah, you know, I, I credit uh, the scouting staff for looking at the players Florida picked up. They've jumped in. And it's kind of one of those things when you watch them, Bob, for me, anyway, I look at them and go, okay, what is making this team so great? Like, how are they doing this? Free playing, freewheeling." um you know this they've been dispersed a couple of young guys that have stepped in and really filled roles but guys like marshman like you say verhage that stepped in having a terrific year was suppressed in tampa winning a stanley cup comes to florida they took a gamble on him they signed him to a contract and boom he's on the top line playing well with Barkov and another guy sam Reinhart, who they invested a lot in with him with a contract that he got he's producing as well so give them credit they took the chance on players and it's paid off so far at this point during the season and mason and marshman obviously i have a connection with him Played with his dad in a few different teams and um i'm happy to see him having success because i was a late bloomer you know you heard connor mcdavid talk about him a little bit today he had to come around in a roundabout way he was a late guy getting to junior he's a big kid filled out finally learned how to use that body and Playing at almost a point per game pace right now for the Florida Panthers in a third fourth line role—that's pretty impressive.
0: All right, uh, Louis. Uh, I look—I you know, know you're working the broadcast tonight with Jack, and we will see you uh, with Gene during the second. I'll wave to you uh, from uh, our location. <laughs> the second intermission. So, okay. Sounds good, bud. That's Louis DeBrusque for our friends at GCL Diesel, and all I need to do is find the script. There it is, GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. Visit GCLDiesel.com. When we come back, we'll get to the owners now. Injury report and some of your texts. It's 1256 in Edmonton. Uh, speaking of conspiracy theorists, <laughs> Buzz Aldrin turns 92 today. Uh, For those of you who have never seen the video, it's one of the greatest pieces of work you'll ever see. A number of years ago, some guy uh, inferred that Aldrin was part of a NASA uh, conspiracy theorist that faked uh, the Apollo uh, 11 uh, footage, (laughs) and Buzz Aldrin punched him in the face. Uh, That pure gold. And uh, we've got uh, people that are on it. They're listening. Bob, to my recollection, says Craig, Hard Sun" was written and recorded by Canadian Gordon Peterson of Indio. It was on an album, Big Harvest. It was later covered by Eddie Vedder uh, from the movie. Uh, There you go, Into the Wild. All right, very quickly. you know what, we'll uh, go right into the orders now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Uh, Dave Tippett said earlier today, still awaiting uh, COVID uh, results from yesterday. I know it's been reported elsewhere that uh, we could see Zach Hyman out. I guess we'll have to wait and see on that front. Stuart Skinner not available, still in COVID protocol. Elsewhere, very quickly in the league, what do you got there, Cody?
1: Well, for of the Panthers, Patrick Hornquist, he's listed as day-to-day, Gustav Ford's link. He's in COVID p- protocol for the Panthers, and Jonas Johansson, all- also finds himself on IR. And the big news around the league, Buffalo goaltender Malcolm Subban, his season is likely over after going surgery for a lower body injury.
0: Huh, interesting. Uh, Buffalo just can't seem to buy a break in goal. 12.59 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network for Canadian Power Pack when we return.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.